You are listening to a Geek Network interview. Be sure to hit the follow button to get notified when a new episode is available. You can also visit us at geek-network.com for your guide to the geek entertainment news you love. Created for geeks, by geeks, and remember to always geek responsibly. Hello, listeners. Uh, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for jumping on to uh, listen. And also, uh, thank you so much, um, Mark London, for, you know, actually spending the time to talk to us today about Mad Cave and all the comics that you worked on. How are you doing today? Good. Now I'm better than I'm here talking with you guys. So <laughs> excellent, Danny. Awesome. And really quickly, uh, just for you know, our listeners who, who haven't heard about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Mark London. I'm the CEO and CCO of uh, Mad Cave Studios. Um, I'm also a writer in the, within the company. Um, we started this uh, crazy journey eight years ago. Um, it was supposed to be a passion project. Uh, I had some ideas, I had some scripts, uh, wanted to meet uh, some artists, um, kind of just like put some stories out there. Um, but then everything started just to getting a little bit more out of hand in the good sense of the word. And, and we managed to start our own uh, indie publisher and we're based out of uh, Miami, Florida. So nice. that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. What uh, what were some of the biggest challenges you know you had uh, coming up with the company, and also uh, having written your your scripts, and you know translating that to yes, I want to make this a business, and yes, you know, um, I want my comics to come to life. That's a great question, Daniel. Because uh, uh, I wish that a lot of people would ask uh, a little bit more about that, about the process itself, or, or what it took. Um, definitely not easy. I mean, the challenges is first and foremost is getting people to read your scripts. <laughs> when, when you're first starting out, nobody wants to give you the time of day. I mean, uh, I get it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so brutal when you tell somebody, Hey, can, do you mind if you read my 150 page manuscript and just let me know what you think. And they're like, uh, uh sure. Um, <laughs> and I need this by tomorrow if you can. Uh, so they're like, so it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a challenge when when you're starting out first, uh, trying to get the right people on the bus, trying to get um, also the the right partners that, that are going to help you just take your dream further or that understand everything that you're doing. Um, not easy, not easy at first, and also when you're up and running um, and you're an up and comer. It's it's difficult for people to also pay attention to you because uh, unfortunately there's there's um, a lot of mistrust um, mm-hmm. within the industry sometimes in terms of like okay uh, then what's going to be my pay trade if if you want to work with me then what's my end of the deal what am I going to be able to get out of this so sometimes it's hard to get people to trust you when you're starting out mm-hmm. um, because sure you don't have the track record you don't have the the pedigree out there and again I get it. Um, so it was, it was difficult for us at first to try to prove ourselves that what we were trying to make was real and something that mattered and, um, that we were not playing games, that we were really, really serious about 
trying to come up with a successful publisher. Yeah, definitely. Um, heard you know that pain, sweat, and tears, especially diving into a business uh, like this, will definitely you know show that you're willing to die for your art and you're willing to make it happen, mm-hmm. which is always a great thing to show that dedication. So I love that. And any advice to people starting out today that may, might be facing the same issues of trying to get someone to trust them without, you know, the big credibility to make, you know, other people uh, feel comfortable with? Mm-hmm. No, I think that you just have to to want it enough, I guess, in terms of your consistency, in terms of your focus, because I've seen a lot of people come and go. Um, people that at first they they told you that they were really really invested in in making comic books, where it was going to be uh, on the art side of things, or on the writing side of things, or even from the letters standpoint. Um, and sometimes, I mean, they fade because they think that uh, this is going to be something that eventually is. Uh, I don't know if they think that there's a lot of money involved, um, or do they think that this is going to I don't know, catapult them to the, to stardom um, in a way that they're going to be working for the big two or then jump up to movies and, and, and TV shows. Um, so sure, all those things are possible eventually if you start mm-hmm. to build your craft. But, uh, but I think that at first you just have to be uh, somebody that demonstrates that you really, really want to be in this, that, that you really are serious about what you're doing. And, and I get it because I was one of those guys that also had a, when we started at Mad Cave, uh, I also had a, a nine to five and um, mm-hmm. I was working nights on my craft. I went to bed at 3 a.m. trying to put up with, with with the comics and meet the deadlines. And it was not easy. And also, um, I'm married. I have three kids. I mean, I get it. A lot of people are just like, but I don't know. I think that is just that little spark that, that you need, which is like, how bad do you really want it? And how serious you you really are about doing this. And I think that if you're consistent in those two areas, I think that people will eventually start noticing and everything will become a little bit easier And as times go by. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely see that. And you kind of brought this up about working, uh, eventually working to movies or, uh, you know, TV shows or other projects like that. Um, Jackie and I have talked to multiple comic book creators in the past. They said mm-hmm. that, you know, the story that had written out was originally either pitched as a novel, uh, a movie, animated series, or mm-hmm. a TV series. Uh, with some of your stories, is that how you started out? Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, for, for me, uh, I don't know if this is something common sometimes, but yeah, one of my first titles, which was uh, which is called The Midnight Task Force, um, it was supposed to be a screenplay. It was supposed to be a screenplay, and I even had a... a a few buddies uh, out there in, in, in Los Angeles that actually were producers and they had worked uh, in, in the movie industry and they were like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe we can try to come up with this, uh, but I need the script. Why, why don't we try to flesh it out? And at the end of the day, nothing came out of it, um, but it started It started as a, as a screenplay because we really wanted to turn it into a movie. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that these are the little accidents that happen sometimes, but... After that kind of fell apart, I wanted to just adapt it sort of way to just a graphic novel. And like all the other um, stories that I wrote for, for Matt Cable when we were starting out. Okay. And what, you know, you brought this up too in the, in this question. So what eventually ends up killing, um, you know, say this comic book series was supposed to be a, uh, 
TV, you know, TV series or a screen mm-hmm. screenplay, what eventually kills that and prevents it from happening? Oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> it always guess... comes down to money, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and also because uh, a lot of people, they just uh, underestimate Hollywood or have things work in Hollywood. Uh, with Mad Cave, as we've been growing, we have been also in, in a few meetings. Um, and we've been lucky enough to try to understand how the back end of Hollywood works and, and how does everything gets made. And, and, and it's not easy. It takes years. It takes uh, the right team to eventually come together and, and tell you, okay, I really want to want to make this into either a TV show or a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll take it from there. So that's why also um, you're not asking me this, Daniel, but also folks that want to work in the comic book industry, they they have to think or they have to go in with that mentality that all they're going to be doing is comic books and they're doing it because they love it and mm-hmm. they want to see the best possible graphic novel or comic book published and see the light of day because if you go into with that mentality that you really want or everything that you're doing is so eventually somebody from Hollywood is just going to hit you up and then mm-hmm. you're going to become a millionaire because of that <laughs> IP or, or or you have the next uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in your hands um, that's that's not going to be the case and and you will be very disappointed and, and your soul will literally be crushed so um, I guess that it, I would be like super, super stoked, honored, flattered um, if your IP or your, or your comic book transcends the medium and ends up becoming something more so that you reach uh, a larger fan base that can enjoy uh, the story and your characters. But if you want to work in comics, I think that your focus should be in comics. Uh, the other things are just, uh, I guess that's the cherry on top. And, and that's if you achieve it. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially, um, you know, with uh, comics being such a, you know, it's a competitive market now, um, always mm-hmm. has been. So it's just, yeah, you know, you're, you're bringing good truth to everything you're saying. So that's awesome. And then mm-hmm. since we're still on the topic of TV, um, Echo Lake Entertainment has signed the independent comic book and graphic novel publisher, Matt Cave, which, you know, would be you guys. Under the deal, mm-hmm. uh, the management production company will pre- represent Matt Cave's catalog of IP mm-hmm. for film and TV adapta- adaptations, including the library of titles under Matt Cave's new and inclusive young adult imprint Maverick. So can you shine a little bit more light on that? Mm. Yes. Sorry, that was long winded. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. I know that it's a mouthful, but very accurate. So kudos, Danny. Um, Yes, with with Echo Lake, we've been working for the past two years uh, with Echo Lake, and and it's been great. And that's that's what I was referring to that that with Madkip, we have been um, lucky enough to learn a little bit of how Hollywood works and and and, and how things work behind the curtain, um, thanks to Echo Lake. And that's why we know sometimes. I mean, they're they're our partners. They're great partners. That they're always trying to uh, look for content that eventual directors or producers or screenwriters might be interested in. Um, so we have an active conversation with them monthly and they, they're, they're very in tune to everything that Matt Cave is publishing and Matt Cave is doing. So, and, and they, they basically are just paying attention who out there might be interested in, in, in picking up one of our stories. And again, 
so far, I mean, nothing has come out of it. There, there is a mm-hmm. few things that I can talk that um, are in the works. And then again, only if they become a reality, we will definitely jump the gun and we will let everybody know. But um, just know that we are actively working with them. Um, and if those things happen, amazing, because it's going to be more eyes on the company, the people that work for Mad Cave, the creators, and even the fans. But um, but right now, they know that we are invested in, in being the best publisher of comic books and graphic novels out there. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you for uh, giving us what you could. So thank you. And also, <laughs> excuse me. Don't worry. Sorry, getting over a cold, so I don't want to cough in the mic. So, um, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I know that can be bad. So, for those fairly <laughs> <I know. laughs> there, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 that I hate when that happens. You, I mean, sometimes I'm also late in interviews and I want to sneeze and I'm just starting to just like scratch my nose and it's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> And then uh, for those barely dipping their toes into the Mad Cave Studios lineup, uh, what's the first series you'd recommend? Uh, that's a loaded question, Daniel, because you're asking <laughs> me like, okay, who's your favorite child? Um, <laughs> so that, that's 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 a hard one because uh, again, I would I would recommend. Um, well, let me ask. I, I would definitely turn the tables. I, I would I would ask. Uh, that person, if they tell me like, oh, okay, which one do you recommend? I would just tell them like, what do you like? W- what are you into? What what genres? What themes? Uh, because I think that Mad Cave is, is since the beginning. I mean, we're, we're not the type of company that also specialized like like in one genre on on, on one specific theme, which mm-hmm. also would have made the marketing and and getting the voice out there easier also. Um, because you can focus on, on a few things at once, but I think that at Madcape we have a comic book um, for all your particular needs. What you're into? If you're into sci-fi, if you're into horror, if you're into action adventure, if you're into comedy. Um, I think that whatever you name, I think that I can give you uh, a comic book that is being produced by Madcape. Okay, I mean, I was gonna if. You didn't really know what to say. I was going to say, but you know, your bio on the website says always read the best comic first. So, in your opinion, what's the best comic? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's all it's it's everything that Matt Cape does. Of course, no, no, no. I'm just uh, I'm 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 kidding. Um, because again, we started Matt Cape as a, as a as a labor of love, and we we've learned a lot um, over the years. So. So it's always important to try to, yes, read the best comic book first. Um, <laughs> some of our first comic books, I mean, of course, like everything, uh, they were the best that we could have come by, come with at the time. Um, I still think that, I, that they're pretty solid. Uh, I'm a fan of everything. But, <clears throat> I mean, right now, heavy hitters is, well, Nottingham really resonates with people. Uh, for mm-hmm. those that don't know what Nottingham is, it's, it's kind of like your 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 spinoff on the Robin Hood tale. It's it's a little <laughs> bit darker. It's a little bit grittier. So a lot of people gravitate towards that. Um, we also have Battle Cats, which was basically what the what the company. Um, it was the company's first comic book, uh, and it's kind of like your medieval fantasy series uh, with anthropomorphic cats. Uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, uh, a little bit of D&D peppered all over it. Uh, pretty fun, pretty widescreen, bombastic. Um, everything, Daniel. I mean, 
<laughs> Terminal Punks by Matthew Earman and and Shelby Caldwell. I mean, it's great, um, funny, dark, greedy. It's I don't know. Well, what are you? <laughs> what are you in the mood for? <laughs> yeah, I I get that. Honestly, uh, I read the synopsis uh, to Kill Repeat, and that actually really piqued my interest. I know that drops okay. on the first. So I will definitely yes. be picking that up, and I am excited to read that. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. that's actually good. It's it's my my newest series. It comes out um, on the first of March. Uh, we've been really really killing it on that book, and and I like to describe it without throwing without spoiling too much. But it's basically Kill Bill, John Wick meets uh, Clash of the Titans. So it's 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 gonna be a wild ride. It's it's a it's a wide screen, bombastic uh, action, lots of drama, revenge story. The art is gorgeous. The colors are top notch. The lettering is above and beyond. I think that I I was also very lucky to have um, the level of talent. Um, that this book has. So, if you're looking forward to, to that story, I think that Hunt Kill Repeat is going to be something uh, that is not going to disappoint. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm, yeah, I mean, especially with a uh, whole Kill Bill, uh, John Wick, you know, meets Clash of the Titans, like you said it yourself. Um, the synopsis says the exact same thing, but where mm-hmm. there'll be where uh, will there be a little bit of uh, God of War thrown in there? You know, Kratos. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Murdering all the gods. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they definitely will be murdering. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but they, they will definitely be murdering. And yeah, I think that a little bit of God of War too, in in a sense of uh, um, without again without spoiling too much. I think that mm-hmm. the family aspect is there. Um, the mother, in this case, the mother and child relationship is there father child relationship is there uh yeah it's it's um uh, it's going to be a family affair with uh with a uh, with not the best outcome i would say <laughs> and with, with with bloody consequences um but yeah uh, yeah yes also god of war it's 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 sprinkled all over that ip yes daniel i think that you hit it right in the nail awesome and ultimately what do you hope readers take away from you know kill repeat well, I think that um, at the end of the day, I mean, they, they, I just want them to to have a great time w- w- with the series. Uh, also, at the backdrop, we definitely have um, the main thing with the with the gods. It's the gods, Zeus and the Olympians. They they come to Earth because humans have been invested more than they should with technology. Like technology has consumed our lives. Oh. I think that that is something that has definitely happened um, and it's happening to all of us. And we, we are glued to our phones. I mean, we are codependent on technology, not only for social media and your phone and the internet and all that stuff, but again, we're also being dependent on technology has advanced so much that, that we have scary, very scary weapons of mass destruction and, and all this. So the gods, uh, because they have forgotten about them, they they basically come down to earth um, who basically enslave humanity um, to show them who's boss and and kind of like bring them back to their roots. So so it kind of like they they bring they bring earth they devolve earth um, to certain to primitive standards not primitive standards but but again 
very mundane standards where <laughs> they're just going to be at the top of the food chain. So so humans have to remember who's uh, who's on top. So I think that you can pick up from from different aspects. Um, if it's the technology aspect of things, mm-hmm. whether it's the family aspect of things, which is uh, um, when you lose something that that, uh, that you took for granted or or and it got snatched away from you. A um, lot of different things. I'm I'm curious to see how people are going to react to the IP and 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 what are they, what at the end are, are gonna are gonna take out are, are gonna close the book and they're gonna be like, okay, what did I get from that <laughs> book? So I, I yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, Daniel. So, but but at the score, they're gonna have a blast. <laughs> Good. And ultimately, what you're saying is on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day. Uh, you want everyone yes. who is reading your book to just go ahead and tweet you their thoughts on yes. Kill Repeat. That would exactly that that would be amazing. Even if they hated it or they loved it, I mean, please tweet and and just let me know what you guys thought of the book. Yeah, and one of the great things about comics is that everyone always has different takeaways, you know. So it's never the mm-hmm. same oh, yeah. point across from all the fans. Which uh, leads you to one of the big things is um, one thing that uh, Jackie and I appreciate about Matt Cave is the acknowledgement of the community and the fact that you really mm-hmm. listen to everyone. It's appreciated by both the press, uh, such as us mm-hmm. and creators, and as we know, the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has led to you guys making uh, strides in the industry with bringing big name creators on board, delivering on both children's and young adult genres and more in the last year, what does uh, Mad Cave have planned for the rest of 2023? Oh, lots, Daniel. Lots. Um, <laughs> lots of surprises. Lots of big things coming. Uh, um, because last year, since we opened the doors to create our own work, because of, up until last year, Mad Cave was, um, because of the way that we were set up and the, the way that that I guess that I wanted to push Mad Cave at first was bring a lot of talent um, as work for hire because still I thought that we were we needed a lot of things uh, to prove to the community or the industry or the fans before mm-hmm. we could actually take the responsibility of bringing somebody's work uh, to Mad Cave and publish it under the Mad Cave banner like for me, I really have nightmares to when I disappoint someone or, or or really not being the best version of yourself. So at first was okay. This is this is these are our babies, and if, if they don't hit the mark, well, uh, no harm, no foul, because uh, we were the ones that actually were were coughing up all the money, doing all the work, um, publishing the books that we wanted. But since last year, uh, and because a lot of people have asked us, hey, can you? Um, consider the possibility of, of, of publishing creator own work. And we were like, okay. So we opened the, the proverbial cave to creators. And, and, and right now we are just going to start releasing a lot of creator owned uh, material, which is just insane in, in terms of quality, Daniel, in terms of, uh, they're gonna they're gonna change the way the comic books are viewed in terms of quality and storytelling. So I'm super happy that's coming this year. Also with Maverick, which is our young adult imprint, same thing. Um, a lot of talent is coming on board, and they're bringing their end game. And with the new acquired paper cuts, which is middle grade, 
it's it's our middle grade line. We have great licenses with that um, a lot of people are going to have a blast. And those are Casa Grande, those are Smurfs, those are Asterisk, those are uh, Loud How, and, and more in the words that I can discuss right now. But, uh, oh, yes, one that I can discuss right now is we are going to be, we are going to start producing um, Wings Club, which was okay. that uh, fate Netflix show. So uh, we're going to bring a lot of content that a lot of people are excited about uh, the Wins Club and, I and the that show. so <laughs> yeah exactly so so a lot of a lot of things uh, more along those lines are gonna are gonna be again sprinkled through all three uh, imprints and uh, and I don't know maybe maybe another big surprise before the year is over uh, but definitely <laughs> expect a lot of content a lot of great stories so I would really recommend to that people keep tabs on, on, on Matt Cave's content and everything that we're doing. And then, so this is a big question. Uh, you kind of brought it up a little bit. Um, so you create your own section on your website. Is that to help out smaller indie creators without having to launch their own Kickstarter or GoFundMe pages? Or how does that exactly work for those mm-hmm. trying to get on their feet mm-hmm. and have their own comics okay. created and published? Okay, that's a great question, also, Daniel, because it, it, I forgot to mention this, but something that we were doing before we actually opened the the, the doors to creators, um, and we've do and we've done it every single year, is we have something called the Mad Cave Talent Search, and the Talent Search is it's a beautiful opportunity for anybody that is starting out. Uh, we encourage people that haven't been published. To actually submit their work to Mad Cave. And case in point, one of Mad Cave's more successful series, Nottingham, is mm-hmm. written and drawn by two talent search winners. Two oh, folks wow. that again, yeah, two two folks that uh very hard for this industry sometimes again, because people won't read your things. If you don't have traction, they they're not gonna take a risk on you. So for the past five, six years, we have always done our talent search, which I stand by it. And I'm going to continue doing it as long as I can uh, to try to bring those voices to light. And so they can publish their work, whether it's at the beginning, because Mackie, again, was starting now, we were able to give these creators uh, an entire series. Um, and we took a chance on them now because of the amount of content that we're publishing on a monthly basis. Um, it's hard. It's hard to, we, we have to pick and choose. So now that we have on our website, the submissions page, which is for creators or anybody, anybody that actually wants to, to submit their work to Madcape. Of course, Madcape has a panel of editors, the editor-in-chief, Mike Martz, uh, our publisher, Chris Fernandez, and Mark Kirwin, our vice president of uh, business development, and myself. So we basically just take a look at, at the things that are coming through the submissions website, and we basically just try to to basically just pick and choose depending on the stories that we're publishing, how di- how different they are from one another. Um, you need a balance and, and, and folks need to also understand that, that when you're publishing, it's like, mm-hmm. if we get 10 submissions for, and they, and they all happen to be horror stories. We can't publish 10 horror stories. Uh, so, so we have to basically pick and choose, but 
Um, and yes, sometimes, I mean, when, when submissions are a little bit more fleshed out in terms of, hey, I've been working on this for the past year and I have three issues and I already have my, my team ready to go. Well, that makes the conversation a little bit easier because you have already, um, the product is, is, is half complete and you're like, okay, uh, we can work with this. Sometimes the submissions are you're are just, listen, this is my script or this are some sketches or this is a pitch. Or so then we have to take all those things into consideration. But again, when you're when you're a newcomer that you think that you can do this, uh, that's what the Mad Cape Tanisich uh, competition every year is for. Um, with great success, I don't I don't think that 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 folks. I'm super proud of of, of some of the winners that uh, that if you look at their work or if you look at their profiles, I mean they they have continued writing, they have continued working, and they're. They're getting places. So it's amazing in that regard. Stan. <laughs> and again, how does one get involved in the uh, talent search uh, for Matt, Matt Cave? No, when we when we basically just announced that the talent search is open, you we have a window. Um, I think it's a three-month window. We, we basically just do it. Uh, we announce it during the summer. And sometimes we, we like to announce the winners at uh, New York Comic Con, which is in oh, October. So, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and every and every year. So again, we try to make a big splash out of this. I mean, we, we try to really give uh, the importance that that it deserves. And, and and again, we've been doing it for almost five to six years. And when we announce it, that's why also people that are interested in this, they should keep tabs on Mad Cape. That that by the time comes, that summer comes, and we announce um, that the submissions are up and running. Something we mm-hmm. change the rules every year of what we would want you guys to submit um and then you just basically just follow follow the instructions through our website and then just submit directly through our website and then we announce the winners during uh new york comic-con that's amazing i that would make my whole new york comic-con weekend if you know hey you know (laughs) you're you have the shot you want yeah exactly that'd be amazing yeah and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) What can you share with our listeners and readers that are attending uh, uh, Emerald City Comic Con? Because I know that you have a lot planned for the community for Emerald City Comic Con. Well, like every, every this this year is packed for us in terms of conventions. I mean, we, we're also trying to hit the conventions, um, the convention circle uh, as much mm-hmm. as we possibly can. Because I, I think the conventions is really what what gets. Um, Matt Cape close to his fans. I mean, I know that social media is great. And when we have our our, uh, our trailers or our newsletter or you guys see something um, with, for example, your interview, Daniel, I mean, that's fantastic. But some, some of those things are basically just a one-way. So mm-hmm. conventions are great because you can really interact with with people that really like the product or really dislike the product, I mean, yes, all the and uh, and you meet talent, and you meet fans, and you meet cosplayers, and you meet uh, minded folks, like minded folks that that love everything that you do and that love pop, pop culture and then and stories. So uh, this year is not going to be different. So we start with Emerald City, and uh, we have a bunch of uh, exclusive variants. Um, which are amazing. They always go by super, super fast. With our, I think that Hunt to Repeat has one. Um, I think that a Nottingham has one. 
Uh, I think that Don't Spit in the Wind has one. Mm-hmm. That's also a very, very interesting series dropping out in, in March as well. I, I think that at the by the end of March. Um, so, yeah, always some exclusive content. Always uh, our trades, our comic books, mm, and, and our willingness to talk to fans. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, you know, attended the con, uh, convention circle? Have you run into anybody that's actually cosplayed as any of your comic book characters from any of the stories that you've written? If so, how does that make you very, feel? Yeah, a very long time ago, I saw I saw one uh, one fan dressed as Aiden McCormick from Midnight Task Force because again, the the, the characters design is super cool, and and uh, and so that made that really made my day. I mean, just just seeing somebody invested in the story and the character, uh, there there's no greater uh, reaffirmation that. What you do, what you're doing, I mean, matters, and, and somebody, somebody's paying attention. So, when that type of thing happens, I mean, it's just, it's just surreal. <laughs> That's, I bet, you know, I, that would put a big, big smile on my face too. And you are hmm. the chief, uh, the CEO. Sorry, a little bit late in this now because we've just gotten into so many different <laughs> topics. Uh, but no you're worries. the CEO and chief creative officer, but also continuing mm-hmm. to create comics. So, first thing. Where do you find the time? Secondly, do you feel like that it helps uh, that this helps you keep your finger on the pulse of the comic book industry and community? Absolutely, absolutely, Daniel. I think that uh, that wearing both hats um, it's very, very important because again, I know where a creator is coming from um, when a story is being pitched when they're working. Um, but I also, when I wear the other hat and try to be like, okay, the, the CEO and the chief creator officer of Madcap is like, okay, um, why are we putting this story out? What does this mean for us? Um, how can we highlight the creator? What would I like a creator to get out of this? Because for me or for us um, as, as a company, we really want that everybody that associates themselves or works at Madcap feels proud of what we're doing. And that's why I think that Mad Cave also has a very strong, like marketing, um, not department, but I guess uh, sure the department is great. But but I think that a marketing philosophy and everything that we try to do so is just bring exposure to as much people and channels as we possibly can. Because at the end of the day, who's going to benefit from that? Well, the people that are working on the stories. So it allows me. To, to actually navigate the two worlds and, and try to be objective as possible. Where do I find the time? Um, it's hard. Again, it starts with the first uh, question that you asked, which is like, okay, if I would want to try to give advice to somebody that that, that really wants to make this happen, is like, you, you can't lose your focus. You have to try to be as disciplined as possible to try to make everything work and try to make the best out of it and try to learn constantly. Um, but I also have an amazing team. I, I think that uh, Madcap has the best publishing team in the whole industry, and everybody works so hard that it makes my life easier. So from the editors, from the marketing, from the sales department, from the finance department, Daniel, everybody is so accommodating. Everybody really, really is such a pro that that, that it just uh, it's it's 
it blows my mind every single day that I have to work with these people because they're just amazing. So if I'm, if I'm requiring a few days just to write, I know that the company is just basically going to be working even better than if I was just like nagging them or being like distracting them. So, because everybody's such a professional. So I do get a lot of help and it allows me to actually try to um, keep on writing which which is ultimately something that I started doing. So that is something that I mm-hmm. would probably never stop. I've slowed down a lot. Don't get me wrong, Daniel, because of the... <laughs> uh, I, I can't write till 3 a.m. in the morning any, anymore. Uh, and uh, I got to sleep. I know I'm getting older. <laughs> but, uh, but, we're not uh, machines. And the company's growing. <laughs> yes, we're, we're not machines. But, uh, but, uh, but again, I'm, I'm blessed enough that I have that I also have the some some time to actually keep on writing and while also um, running the company or directing the company with a wonderful team that we have at Natchez. That's awesome, man. It's great that you're able to, you know, manage everything with, manage your time so well and efficiently because you're still reaching out to your audience, reaching out to everyone that is involved. And we're in the know and we know that you're still working on projects and you know, see what's coming to us. So that's awesome. And Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I really do appreciate, um, I'm pretty sure Jackie appreciates this as well, is that on your website, you know, you have uh, full issue previews on your website, which is awesome. So you have the first book published. It's on the website. We can read it. As opposed mm-hmm. to other, uh, I'm not going to throw any names out there, Opposed to other comic book companies that only uh, for previews, they only have between the first eight to 12 issues, or I'm sorry, pre uh, mm-hmm. pages available for preview. How did mm-hmm. you get the idea to drop an entire first issue uh, to the readers to be like, hey, this is our, our preview, that sort of thing? Like, how, how did that work? Who came up with that idea? Uh, I can't remember who actually came up with the idea, but again, I think that it has to do a little bit with read the best comic book first. So if you <laughs> need to actually try to get, I mean, the best comic book experience, uh, read the first issue. Read, read the first issue because, again, we stand by what we are putting out there into the world. Um, I think that the content's awesome. And, and we want you to really, really feel that your hard-earned money it's 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 being well spent. So if you don't like the first issue, no problem. But you're right. Sometimes you might see uh, just the first few pages and then be like, okay, this might um, pique my interest. But then it's somewhere along the lines, it just falls over the cliff, and you're like, what the hell did I just buy? I wasted. I mean, um, <laughs> my money into this. So I think that it's it's. It's a company philosophy in terms of like we stand for we stand by everything that we are making and and, and we know that you guys are gonna uh, appreciate it and that that you really going to 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 think that you made a good investment to put in a, in in a way yeah because definitely I just felt with uh, the other companies that uh, they dropped again the first eight to twelve pages and it seems like they lead you on a cliffhanger. Sometimes it's not a cliffhanger. It just sort of <laughs> mm-hmm. develops naturally. And you're like, oh, what? You just kind of teased me there and you made me buy it. And I don't like the book. <laughs> but now, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, with the full first issue, you can actually read the story and like, okay, yeah, this captivated my interest. I want to invest in this some more. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. And, and I get it that sometimes it's even hard. Sometimes I, I even know that it's hard even by the first issue because really if it's just, uh, let's just put it into movie terms, it's like, okay, a three-hour movie, two-hour movie, and I'm just giving you the first 15 minutes of that movie. You're like, huh, okay. Is this going to be something <laughs> that I'm going to enjoy? No, I mean, it's it's difficult. It's <laughs> difficult, but I get yeah. it then. Yeah, and then as a CEO and content creator, uh, you use Twitter as a means to keep us informed and share your comic book info, whether it be with your company or other uh, comic book creators that you worked with. Uh, with all the changes happening thus far, is this still a good source to uh, reach and market to your audience? Because I know a lot of people have been censored, not censored, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of creator, you know, uh, people who create their own content have been using it and haven't been able to get the reach. Has this affected you in any way? Uh, a little bit, but but I get, but, but unfortunately, I mean, is that we don't have any other, any other alternative. I mean, hint, hint, Silicon Valley. I mean, somebody out there <laughs> try to help us out. Throws a bone, yeah, because uh, when when the whole um, Twitter was under fire because of the new management and everything, uh, and things started getting everybody a little bit scared of what the platform might might turn into. Um, we tried to look at other alternatives, with, which ended up being more problematic, more difficult to use. And even some platforms that didn't even work. So you're like, so, so again, I think that the, Twitter, unfortunately, is the devil that we know, Daniel. And <laughs> and until somebody comes with, yeah, unfortunately, until somebody comes with, with a better alternative, uh, we're stuck with it. We, we're stuck with it. Um, the community's there. Our friends are there. Um, like it or not, I mean, that's, that's the best way that we can get our, our word out. Of course, there are other platforms like Facebook and, and Instagram and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is turning out to be something very, very pro in terms of like when you want to really announce um, like big profile things, like you're acquiring this license or you're working with this creator or now you're going to be publishing X, Y, and Z in X, Y, and Z country. Uh, so... I guess that those unfortunately are the ones that um that that those are the only options that we have. We also try to really, really be uh and bring people to our website so that mm-hmm. you guys can have access to our newsletter and also get those three issues and try to um write to us and get it to the comment section and, and, and be in the know of certain news uh that we publish directly through Madcape or or even that such fine media outlets like yours, Daniel and Jackie is it's, it's what we want people to actually gravitate to. So sometimes mm-hmm. I even reach out directly uh, to other news outlets so that folks can actually um, follow us through you guys. Um, but sometimes where do we need to promote those stories or those interviews <laughs> or this, or, or those podcasts through Twitter. So, through Twitter yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So it's like a vicious cycle, <laughs> but uh, yeah. With, uh, with you know, the newsletter and providing feedback, do you, do you ever feel overwhelmed just cycling through a lot of the feedback and trying to process what, you know, the fans or other content creators are giving you? Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 uh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And um, because on top of that, on top of everything else that you're doing, you really 
want to keep your eye on the fans. You really want to keep the eye, your eye on engagement. And that's why, for example, like like reviews. Reviews are amazing, and, and, and I want to see reviews from all of our books because it's really when folks are transparent enough um, mm-hmm. to call you out on certain things. And I think that you mentioned this earlier, Daniel, that is like some uh, – I've received some wonderful reviews that end up putting together um, or, or they – they interpret the material in a certain way that it even ends up blowing my mind. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. I mean, th- this is amazing. I mean, wow. Like, okay, that point really got across, but, but, in, but in a way that it even went further. So, so for us, I mean, the engagement, what people have to say about your book, whether good or bad, it is like, okay, if, if Hunt, Kill, Repeat drops, I mean, on the first and, and people hate it, I want to know about it. I, I want that feedback. As a creator, I need that feedback uh, because I do want to be better. I, I, I try to work on my craft and everything that Madcape publishes, we want to be better. So the only way that we can actually know if the product, if we are really putting the best product out there is if we interact with reviewers, with fans, with social media that might tell you, yeah, you know what? Good job, or you suck, but but okay. And and even I nowadays I don't take um, I I just take the comments for what they are. Uh, and again, I I see everything as nothing being personal. It's just in, in the realm of what you're putting out there. And if people really enjoy it and they give you the reasons for it, fine. If they just somebody comes in and be like, okay, this sucks. Well, sure. I mean. It's you have your opinion. I would like to know why you didn't like it, and I can I can work off of that. So you you can differentiate when when comments are good and when comments are bad, and when they really matter and when they don't. But um, but for me, super super important and key a key aspect of every business that that you know what people think about your work. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I've. Some of the bigger comic book creators, just because they feel like they've made it, you know, they've been in comics for 20 years, writing for their own independent stuff, and then working mm-hmm. for, you know, the big two, feel like they don't take the feedback as serious, or they don't read it at all, and just kind of run with their own stories and keep on writing characters that will eventually have the fans turned off from those certain characters, but... I think it's great uh, that you're actually listening to the feedback that, you know, the fans are giving you, whether it's positive or negative, because mm-hmm. that can help influence your next story on how to do mm-hmm. things a certain way. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Of course, Daniel. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for uh, that. Yeah. And I meant to actually ask this as an icebreaker, but we kind of just dove deep into the interview, which nothing wrong with that. I liked it because <laughs> you presented really good answers that led to follow-up questions but my icebreaker for you was uh since you're located in the miami area or florida area what is the craziest and the most true florida man story that you have for us either you read the headlines or experienced it yourself oh crap yeah once we have a cannibal we had a cannibal (laughs) running rampant in the in the uh on our subway which is a metro system and on yeah, he was just uh, biting people on the subway. Yeah, he was just biting people left and right. Mm, so yeah, that, that, that's the that's the craziest thing that I've heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that, that there's a there, there's a ton more. 
uh, and that would require a separate interview, Daniel. But yeah, the, yeah. the cannibal really <laughs> floored me. Yeah, I I remember the only cannibal I remember is uh, back in 2012, 2013. Uh, you know, uh-huh. underneath the uh, the underpass where that happened, and locals actually witnessed uh-huh. that. That's what I remember. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. holy, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you're in the in the Florida area. Uh, to avoid, you know, uh, the cannibals, <laughs> do you recommend Uber or Lyft? <laughs> I would prefer Uber, definitely. <laughs> Don't I mean, yes, public transportation. So there's so traffic can be avoided, but man, stay away from those cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't lose a limb or anything, and uh, no, human no, bites no. <laughs> can cause <laughs> big infections. So avoid those at all possible. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> And then I always like to wrap things up in a positive note. Uh, if you could give your younger self some advice, what piece of advice would that be? Mm, to not be so hard on yourself. Because we are always... Um, I had this, this... Somebody told me a very long time ago this amazing saying, which is, uh, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Um, and especially for people that are in the creative arts, People that are, um, don't be too hard to yourself. Be good to yourself. Everything that you're doing has a process. Everything, everything is going to get better. If you work at it, if you keep your eyes on the prize, you would progress. You would eventually get better. So don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. And, and because that could leave down, um, a destructive path. I'm not mm-hmm. worth it. And this is not cool. This is, this, this sucks. It doesn't suck. It might lack structure. It might lack depth. It might lack uh, the vocabulary that you want. It might lack the beats that you require or the rhythm. But it's there. So keep on working, paying attention to everything that you're doing, and just be kind to yourself. Absolutely. And were you a little bit you know, too harsh about yourself? And uh, if so, what was your journey like? How did you get yourself out of the mentality? I think that as as you get older, you start to learn and and kind of like roll with the punches. But but yes, that's that's um that is something that I was really really hard on myself growing up, and and again, it does lead you to that path that that eventually you you don't want to keep on doing what you're doing. That everything really doesn't matter when in reality it does matter. It does matter when you take a look at it. Okay, I've written almost 40 issues, 50 issues. Um, and again, how many people can say that? Um, have they won any answers? No. Um, but it's the progress. Okay, I've run, I've, I've written a ton of stuff that I really feel proud of it, that it could have been better um, at the time. Sure, that I lack the knowledge, the tools, the expertise, of course. Um, if I would have to rewrite those now, I'm absolutely certain that I would that I would tackle them differently, and I'm sure that I could make them ten times better. But it's because you just keep evolving, you just keep progress, step by step, little by little. So I was um, in the past really, really hard to myself that it was a that it really puts you in in a very in a very dark corner. Um, and a lot of people they struggle with imposter syndrome all the time, oh. which is, which is like, okay, you're trying to make something good and something creative and you're like, oh, but, but at the end of the day, you're your worst enemy. So 
don't pay attention to it. Just keep, just raise your head and, and keep pushing forward. That's amazing. That's uh, those are powerful words. Thank you. And also Jackie, uh, I would like to add that it's uh, similar to one of his favorite things is uh, let your smile change the world. Don't let the world change your smile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's and really, that that's really all that you have to focus on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Danny. No, I was just to say, uh, I've been watching you on camera all day and you have an amazing smile too, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mark, uh, to wrap things up, um, where can we find Kill, Hunt, Repeat? And where can we find your other work? And what socials and conventions do you have upcoming that you can tell us all about? Any projects you're working on? Feel free to plug it in right now. <laughs> um, well, you guys can find me at uh, Mark London MCS on uh, Twitter, on Instagram. Um, but uh, I think that madcavestudios.com, that's where all the creators are. That's where I am. Uh, as well with everything that I've written with um, all the amazing talent that, that is helping shape this company into a bigger and better publisher. Subscribe to the newsletter. Matt Cave is also on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, you name it. We have very cool trailers that you can check out on, on YouTube. So go ahead if you have the time and we, we try to make and we feel very proud of, uh, the trailers that we made for each of our series, so that that should that that should entertain a lot as well. And um, as far as projects go, I would really keep my eye on "Don't Don't Spit in the Wind" um, uh, by Stefano Cardi Cardoselli um, and uh, Dan Lee, the colorist and letter, an amazing series. And then we have uh, "Monomyth" by David Hassan, which he's the writer of Nottingham and uh, art by uh, Celia uh, Lovalbo. I'm sorry that I that I butchered her, her name. <laughs> and then we have something very fun and very cool called uh, You've Been Cancelled uh, by I Kurt Kiris. Uh, he's the, you saw it? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's wild. It's a, it's a wild, wild concept uh, by Kurt Kiris and uh, Kevin Castaniero. Uh, he's the illustrator, and 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 it's amazing. And also, also um, one of one of my favorites, and I, I might be a little bit biased toward this one. It's called uh, "Exorcist Never Die" by uh, Steve Orlando and uh, Sebastian Pires. He's the illustrator. Hey, we talked uh, to Steve Orlando yeah. a few weeks ago. <clears throat> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's a, that's a series that I'm really really like in, in invested on, and I think it's going to be super super cool. Also, and we have more stuff, but again, we would be here all day long if I would tell you <laughs> the roster that we have planned for you guys. And and that's only Maverick. That's only Maverick. Uh, for for Maverick and Paper Cuts, also subscribe to the newsletter. Check us out on social media, and and you guys are gonna be able to experience a lot of cool content that is coming your way. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast, and uh, just remember, you can find us on geek-network.com. Uh, that's going to be uh, all around. That's going to be on Google, uh, Yahoo, if you still use AOL for whatever reason on there as well, Bing. And then um, you can find us at geek-network on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you listen to your podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day.
Catalyst.io.